You're listening to the Living Word Church Podcast. To learn more about Living Word Church and our service times, visit us online at livingwordli.org. Today's message comes from our lead pastor, Doug Jensen. So if you've been around for a few years, about once a year, I will bring up something that really frustrates me, and it's that gap between our car seat and that center console. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Does anybody remember what I call that? Does anybody remember what I call that place there down in there? Yes, you got it. Thank you. Someone's listening. The abyss. Down there is called the abyss. It is the graveyard to French fries and pens and, you know, gum, Tic Tacs, right? And it's the place where it falls down there, and you're just like, wow, there's no way that I'm going to be able to get this back. But here's something that I've noticed. I've noticed that over the years, the car manufacturers are making the seats a little wider and that space a little narrower in an effort to, to you know, stop the whole flow of things falling down into the abyss. And you would think that's a good thing, but what is incredible is somehow still there are things that manage to get down there. Now it's just that much more difficult to get your hand down there. I'm just telling you, don't do it. It ain't coming back, everybody, all right? And I think about our lives, and I think about how we have gaps in our lives, and I just want to say I think sometimes we try to widen the seats of our life a little bit to fill that gap, and yet isn't it true that there's still a gap that remains and things we just cannot fix ourselves, things we just can't get our hand down into or make wide enough to try to make up the difference. And I told you a few years ago that our, my buddy Jared Stahl bought me something called a car gap filler, and you go ahead and put that between the seat and the center console, and then nothing can get down there anymore. And guys, I'm just here to say today that we need the great gap filler, God, Amen. In our lives, so badly, so often we're trying to fix stuff and do some things with our own strength, and it just doesn't work out. And I want to continue today to talk about the gaps in our lives, and some of us have very specific things. As soon as I say that, some of you know what the gap is. Um, for some of you guys, it's everything was lining up for your life, your career, the direction of your life was right where you thought it was supposed to be, and then all of a sudden, everything changed, and there's a huge gap where there was going to be no gap, where you were going to be in good standing and in a good place to make an influence and be the person you know God has you to be. Suddenly, all that went away. Some of you guys, it's 100% a financial thing. There's just a huge gap in your life right now, and man, you're like trying to widen the of the car. You're stuffing gap filler in there. You're doing everything you know to do, but we need God to come through as the great gap filler. Some of us, it's in our relationship with Jesus. We're, we're struggling, man. There was victory in an area of our life for a long season. You know, and I love to celebrate those victories with you, by the way, as I get to pray with you about certain things you're going through. There's nothing more fun than when you come to me and say, Doug, God came through, uh, I've, I've had a victory in this life and, and you know, in, my, in my life in this way or that way. And, and then sometimes though, somebody will come back up to me and say, Doug, I've had great victory, but man, this past week, it felt like all that went away. It just, just one little decision and now there's this big gap again. And so today, I want to just remind you how big our God is and the great gap filler that he is. And as you know, if you've been around for a little bit, we're also talking about the building campaign. We're talking about the gap that we, we have between being able to you know, move up the street and to the amazing property that God's given to us and be able to be a part of what God is wanting to do right up the road there. And some of you don't care about that, okay? Everybody look me in the eye real quick. If you're watching online, I want you to type some eyes into the chat, okay? Those little emoji eyes. Just put them in the chat to let me know you're looking at me right now. Guys, listen, if you don't care about our building campaign, thank you for being in the room, and I pray God will meet the gaps in your life, and you will just take a deep breath today going, cool, I can just come. I can just be here. 
And I can just hear about the God who fills the gaps of our lives. I don't have to worry about the building campaign today. If you're new to us and you're checking Jesus out, guys, listen, sometimes we sit around the family table, right? And sometimes we talk about inside things. And some of you guys are like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm new to all this. I don't know about Jesus or I don't know about this church or I don't know about this guy. And I don't really want to hear about a building. Or maybe you're like, I'm a, I've been a part of the family for a long time. I still don't want to hear about it. Okay, it's going to be a very small portion of what I talk about today. And I want you to leave here just going, wow, this great God is a gap filler. He's able to fill the gaps in my life, not just the gap we need here at the church, but in my personal life here as well. And so we're going to talk about gaps in our lives. We're going to cast some vision. We're going to talk next steps. And some of you might say, Doug, again, why are we even focusing on this campaign stuff and all that? And, and I understand that. You know, if I'm sitting in your seat, I get and understand that question. And I just want to say this is a really small slice in a really big pie, okay? If you look at the whole year and all the things that we talk about, this is a really small slice, a little three-week series that we're talking about this in. And next week, we are starting. I'm so excited about this. We're kicking off a series on the book of Acts. I'm so excited about this. We're gonna jump into the book of Acts. We're gonna dive deep, and we're gonna look and just discover some things about what God did in that early church, and I just can't wait. And so I'm looking forward to that. But listen, uh, the school was set to sell, and it fell through, but they're going to try and sell it again. So we can't just kind of camp out here. This is a very strong felt need that we have. We also want a 24-7 hub to be able to do the ministry that God's called us to. And as great as that building up the street is already on the property, it's really limited. Like, as you know, if you've been in it, there's one room. It's a really big room, but it's just one room, which wipes out kids' ministry, childcare, nursery. And so anything we do there is really tricky with kids. And so we have this need to just say, okay, we need a home hub where we can just be the Living Word Church. And look, we're going to be Living Word Church here now. We're, we're giving it our all now, but man, what a difference it will make next, next step that we take together. And we believe it's about the 1.5 million people in Suffolk County who 7 out of 10 don't know Jesus. We want to see people come to know the Lord. How many of you guys were here last week? Yeah. All right, cool. Phil was amazing. My buddy Phil last week was so awesome. So many of you guys left going, man, that guy was incredible. That was the best message I've ever heard on generosity. And, and I just hope that you guys were encouraged last week. But today, let's dive into talking about the gaps in our lives. Let's talk about the God who is the great gap filler. Everybody say, God can fill the gap. Awesome. So Thank you guys for being Living Word Church. Thank you for being a part of this family. I think about even just the generosity that you guys have given. I want to let you know it's not just about us. I hope you know that. Like the things that you give, we've been able to do such exciting things. We've been able to help start other churches on the island. Like there are churches that are starting all the time on Long Island. There's so many great churches. God's up to something so powerful and awesome. We've been able to be a part of that financially. Soundview Pregnancy, we've been able to help and get involved in at-risk pregnancies. Long Island Youth Mentoring, come alongside the, the awesome church, coming alongside kids in our community who need mentoring. International Justice Mission, looking to end the sex trade. Uh, missionaries overseas, grocery outreach every Wednesday. Families in need in our church. You know, so many beautiful things happen as a result of our generosity. But why do we need to build? Well, why do we do anything that we do, right? Like, why do we go out into the community with groceries? Why do we do youth ministry, children's ministry? Why are many of your kids down the hall learning about Jesus right now? Why do we do men's ministry, women's ministry? Why do we care about college students at the seven o'clock tonight? Why do we do an online service? Uh, why do we train up interns and 
pray and hope they become pastors and leaders? Why do we come alongside people in one-on-one discipleship and get people in community groups? Like all of it is for something. And our mission statement here is that we'd be a church that helps people center their lives around Jesus. And our vision statement is that we'd be a church that unchurched people love to attend, but where Christians can grow deep in their faith. So why build a building? Because we believe it's gonna just enable us as a tool to do all those things at such a better level. Such an opportunity to reach just so many more people. Again, 1.5 million people in Suffolk County, 7 out of 10 don't know Jesus. 7 out of 10 without the hope that you and I have today. Without knowing where that joy comes from and that strength that keeps so many of us going. I don't know how anybody does it without Jesus. I so need Jesus in my personal life. I hope you know that what I talk about up here comes from my own life. This is not like this message wasn't emailed to me today by uh, some church denomination or something, and I just go up and just give you facts. Like this, I need Jesus. I'm lost without Jesus. And my heart beats that people would come to know Jesus. And so I want to remind you of God's goodness today. If you have a gap in your life, let's talk about how big God is. If you're worried about this building gap that we have, are we ever going to get to the school? I mean, we're at the school. Are we ever going to get to the new property? Yes, by God's grace, we will. Let me remind you what God has done. Many of you guys know that Monty, who is the GC at the, uh, for this project, I was on the phone with him this past week, and, and, and he just said, Doug, and, and if, you got, if you were here when Monty was here, you know how genuine this guy is, how much he loves Jesus and he loves the church and what God's doing through the church. He just said, Doug, please just tell your people, I am leaving no stone unturned in this project. As me and my team are coming around, how do we get you guys there? How do we you know, get prices down? How do we do all the things we need to do? We're leaving no stone unturned. I want to remind you that last time we did a campaign, that you guys gave almost double of what was pledged. I want to remind you that though we have this $5 million gap, which we're calling the God-sized gap, I want to show you a picture. Some of you have seen this, some of you haven't. A lot of you guys are newer to us. Check out this picture. This is 1131 Jericho Turnpike, and this is just a big pile of dirt. That is two and a half acres that we were looking at before we purchased the property that we got. They wanted $1.8 million for a pile of dirt that was two and a half less acres, none of the stuff that we have on our property, and they wanted $200,000 more than we paid for for our property. So just remind yourselves of what God has done. I found some pictures on Google Maps, because I'm just slick, all right, uh, of the property being built. Check this out, okay? So we have a shot here of that. Like, so those are some of those big trees that are now there just being planted. Here's another few shots we can just scroll through. There, you see, you see, you know, just all these plants just about to be put in. Guys, that picture right there is before one thing was done at our property. There's just a fence and some trees and just there's nothing there. And so God has already filled so many gaps, amen? So I want you to think about your personal life. What gap do you have? Just name it. Probably as soon as I started talking about a gap in our life, most of us were like, that's my gap. I know exactly what my gap is. And so today, I want us to look at some scripture to remind us of who God is. We're going to look in the book of Judges today. And many of us are familiar, listen, with the end of the story, but we don't know the beginning of the story, okay? And the end of the story is really big, and it shows how big our God is, but knowing the beginning of the story sets the stage, and it shows us how truly big God is. Everybody say Gideon. 
And now as soon as I say that name, some of you are like, oh, I know the story Doug's going to talk about today. But I would guess 99% of us don't know the backdrop. We never saw the prequel. We never saw who Gideon was before the big story. He is the most pathetic hero. He really is. Sorry, Gideon. Love you, buddy. But he's the most pathetic hero I think that we can find in the scriptures. And the reason I bring that up and the reason that backdrop is so important is because it just shows us how big our God is because Gideon is just so little. See, I think sometimes we go, okay, of course God came through for Gideon. He's Gideon, right? He's a judge of Israel. Of course he's going to come through for Gideon. I'm not Gideon. Can I just tell you something? Gideon wasn't Gideon. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean by that? Gideon wasn't even Gideon before he became Gideon. And the only reason he became Gideon was because we have a really big God. And I want to encourage you today. Many of you guys are like, there's no way this gap is going to get filled. I was talking with a couple yesterday who don't come to our church at this point, uh, thinking about coming to our church. Amazing couple. And they were just saying that over the years, there's been so many times that they've said to themselves, well, this is the time. God's not going to come through. This is the time it's not going to happen. We've seen him do it so many times, but today and right now and right here, this is the time he will not come through. And then guess what God does? He comes through. He does his thing. He shows up. It's so powerful. And as we see the odds stacked against Gideon in the prequel to, to the big story most of us know very well, we're going to see that God only could have pulled off what God pulled off. And so let's jump into the scripture today. In Judges 6.1, we're going to kind of fly through a good bit of this story here. It says, The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Everybody say Midianites. Imagine the worst people imaginable. Excuse me. Imagine the worst people possible uh, oppressing you. Okay, these people were so horrible that the Midianites would run, or I'm sorry, the Israelites would run and make their homes and shelters in caves. In verse 6, Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. So let me summarize a little bit for you. God sends a prophet. He rescues the people, and they keep choosing evil. Like God shows up, does something awesome, and then the people go running right back to where they were before. It says in verse 11, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah, not Oprah, that belonged to Joash the Abyssalite, where his son Gideon, now this is important, this is backstory, this is a prequel, okay, was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Gideon, listen everybody, big strong Gideon, warrior Gideon, victor Gideon, was hiding, threshing wheat, in a wine press. Why would you thresh wheat in a wine press? You, you wouldn't. You'd only do it if you were in the least likely place the Midianites could find you. So Gideon is hiding here. Does anybody know what Gideon means in the Hebrew? Great destroyer. It literally means that which has a stump in place of a hand. Right? So imagine Gideon. Like, just imagine someone who has a stump in place of a hand just, just pounding, right? Like, like this like authority and this, this big, mighty warrior who, who might as well have a stump in his hand when he swings instead of a fist, instead of a hand. And here he is, fearing, sitting back, and oppressed by this nation going, actually? Actually, God? I don't know if anybody else's kid in the room uses this term. My son, Landon, my 14-year-old, almost exclusively uses the term actually for everything. It's like, Landon, we're having french fries alongside with dinner tonight. Actually? And then it's also like the bad sense. Like, no, you can't go, but you got to do your homework. Actually? Actually? Right? And so I just think that Gideon's in an actually moment. Like, an actually, God? Like, like this is my life. I'm, I'm in this wine press, um, threshing wheat, and I'm 
doing this out of fear right now, facing all this opposition. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this thing. And then it says in verse 12, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I'm like hiding, separating some wheat here, Lord. Mighty warrior. Oh no, Gideon, you're a mighty warrior, not because you're actually a mighty warrior. You're a mighty warrior because I'm with you. I'm with you. Living Word Church, the Lord is with you. I know we don't always feel like Gideon, but I think we're more like Gideon than we realize. We're more afraid. We're more um, doubtful. We're more misunderstanding of who God is, of his character, of his ability. We're more forgetful. I mean, Gideon had a great history before him of God coming and moving and doing amazing things. Like that couple I was talking with yesterday, I'm right there with them. Don't we often forget all the ways God's come through for us and all the huge things God is able to do. Gideon wasn't Gideon yet, everybody. And it's amazing who you can become and who Living Word Church family can be in our community and to the lost and to the saved. And it's amazing who we can be when we realize the Lord is with us. And so he calls Gideon mighty warrior. He calls him really by the definition of his name, doesn't he? Great warrior. He who has a stump for a hand. Because that's what it feels like when he swings, right? This great judge of Israel who was hiding. And then he goes on. And and listen, you'd think at this point, Gideon's going, yes, Lord, I'm so ready. Nope. Verse 13, pardon me, my Lord. Anybody ever say pardon me to God? God's like, go do this. I've got you. Trust me. Uh, Pardon me, Lord. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? And isn't that the question of the last few years? The Lord's with us. Excuse me, why has this happened? Why the gap, Lord? Why this gap in our personal life? Why this gap in what's going on with our church building project? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about, but now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian? Getting saying, Lord, you've clearly abandoned us here. I just want to encourage you today. Look me in the eyes real quick. The Lord has not abandoned you. He has not abandoned us. Sometimes it really, really, really feels like that. I talk with very, uh, let me say it this way. I talk with some people who are really close to Jesus who sometimes look at me and just say, it just feels like God's left me. Like people that I look up to, people that I go, wow, they love the Lord. They've got some stories to tell about what God can do. Sometimes, and I feel it myself sometimes, man, Lord, where are you? And and we're in good company, Gideon and David. I mean, John the Baptist, right, before he's about to be executed. Are you the Messiah? Am I supposed to be looking for somebody else? So sometimes it just really feels like the Lord abandons us. But I just want to remind you that he has it. And I just love the patience of God. Like if you're in that place and you've kind of shaken your fist recently at the Lord saying, why have you abandoned me? If you were with me, this wouldn't happen. Why, 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 why? I just love the Lord's patience. Can you just like, some of us need to receive the Lord's patience today. God, you, you, still, you still love me. You still have me. You're still for me, right? The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel's, Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? So this bold world is gonna do it, right? Pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm least in my family. Gideon's going, I am the last person you want to send to to save a nation. Uh, That's why I'm hiding here threshing wheat, Lord. I know the name means 
great warrior, I stump for a hand, but I am of the least clan and I'm least in my family. And isn't that usually the odds that God loves everybody? Right? Like sometimes we think, wait, you, you know, I like to talk with the young people around, right? You want me to change my school? I'm the least likely to do that. Then you are prime candidate because the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Right? Uh, God, you've given me some vision for my workplace to be a light there and to make an impact. And, but I'm just the least likely. I'm not a preacher. I didn't go to Bible school. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Right? Like what an amazing thing God does. And I'm just so thankful that, listen to me, the, the filling of the gap in your life is not about you. It can't be. It can't be. I'm just going to sit with a spreadsheet and figure out. I'm going to, look, we do our part, and we'll see Gideon do his very, 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 very little part in just a minute. But some of us are trying to fill the gap ourselves. We're trying to widen the seat. And, man, we just so need to surrender to the Lord. God, just show up. Do the impossible. I'm a Christian. That means I believe that my Savior is rose from the dead, that's impossible. I'm a follower of God. I believe what the word of God says and it's filled with stories of impossibility that the Lord comes through. He's the God of the impossible. He's the God that can do what no one else can do. And the scriptures say that he can do more than we can ask or imagine. Anybody in the room can ask or imagine pretty big things. The Lord can do bigger. And so don't forget how big our God is. Thank God that filling the gap in this campaign is not on me. Sometimes it feels like it is. But praise the Lord, it's not. I can't, I can't. The gap in your life ultimately is on the Lord. Verse 16, the Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. And again, we're thinking, okay, at this point, Gideon's got to believe. But no, he asked God for a sign. God mercifully, mercifully gives him a sign. Then God speaks to Gideon and tells him, Gideon, I want you to go tear down all the altars to the false gods. Just let me encourage you for a second here today and also challenge you a little bit. Anybody in the room, and this isn't the point of the message, but some of us need to hear it today, I think. Anybody in the room have, have a, a false god? Somebody that we're putting in the place of God? Something that we're putting in the place of God? Maybe the word for you today has nothing to do with our building, has nothing to do with a gap. Maybe there's something that you need to tear down in your life. That's between you and the Lord. And I just want to say it's so worth it. I think we've all got some stuff. We could probably say, Lord, I need to surrender this to you, this area of my life, this struggle, this thing. But maybe that's the word of God to you today. Tear that thing down. You know, not, not, not just like move it, right? Not just um, try to, you know, put some caution tape around it. But, but there's some stuff in some of our lives we actually need to full on just tear down. Maybe there's just some sexual compromise. You know, scripture says not even a hint of sexual immorality. Maybe there's just, we just, you know, we're not the worst. We're not the worst at this, but there's just a lot of garbage coming out of our mouth when it comes to gossip and that, yeah, but, but, right? Just, just what do we need to tear down in our lives? Some of us need to get serious about addiction. We define the help, A, in God, but B, with some people, some, some, people of God that come around us and really hold us to some accountability to help us get beyond where we are. And so maybe some of us just need to tear down 
the altar. And now you're going, okay, um, Gideon's going to be full of boldness now, right? He's had this experience with God. God showed up in power. But look at what happens here in verse 27. But because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. So he tore down the altars, but he was like running around at night, like, you know, just smashing stuff. And hopefully nobody sees me. Hopefully the ring camera didn't catch anything, right? Like, I, I don't want anyone to know about this. So still, this great warrior, this judge of Israel is still afraid. It says then that the people wake up furious, but Gideon's dad saved him. <laughs> that sounds manly, right? What a warrior, a great warrior. Dad. <laughs> dad came and saved him. The Midianites then joined forces with a bunch of other armies to pummel the Israelites. Did you hear what I just said? The Midianites who were oppressing the people joined forces with everyone they can find. We're going to take this nation out. And then it says this, Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, summoning the Abyssalites to follow him. Okay, what changed in Gideon? The last thing we read about him, he's running around tipping altars and idols over in the cover of night so no one sees him and his dad saves him. Now he's blowing the trumpet, ready to go to war and really be Gideon. Spirit of the Lord came on him. Just a reminder, the spirit of the Lord is in you. We're going to look at that a lot in the book of Acts. The spirit of the Lord is in you. Guys, everywhere we go, it's not just us. As a follower of Jesus, I know we know this, but do we live this? Like when you walk into the school halls this week, you're not going just Joe, Bill, Nancy, Sally. Like, you're going spirit of the Lord on you. When you walk into your workplace this week, as you and your wife, your spouse, your husband, you, you sit with your kids and you're trying to figure out a financial thing, and you go with the spirit of the Lord in you. As you face that addiction, as you face that struggle, as you face maybe some of that sexual compromise, you are not alone. The spirit of the Lord is in you as a follower of Jesus. If you're not a follower of Jesus here today, are you seeing a big God? Are you seeing that the Spirit of God wants to go with you and that a relationship with him is the answer to that? You are not alone in what you're doing. It's the Spirit of the Lord that makes the difference. And then we go to Judges 7, verse 1, and this is where the story gets a little bit more familiar. It says, early in the morning, Jerub Baal, that's another name for Gideon, and all his men camped at the spring of Harad. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Moreh. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. God, I just, I just got bold. <laughs> Your spirit just came on me. I just got to the place of confidence. Like I see Landon, like, like actually, Lord, you got too many men. God, you remember, like, I wasn't always Gideon, right? Like, I was hiding. I'm the weakest in the worst clan. And I have too many men. Have you ever had a moment like that? It's like, all right, great. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's do this. God's like, no, no, no. It's too, it's too much of you in this. It's too much of your ability, your capability in this. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands, or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Living Word Church, it'd be so easy 
three or four years ago, just build this thing up. But I want people to see what I do. Maybe for you in your personal life. I know that you've been gaining some progress in this area, but, but I just want to, and this isn't like a torment thing. This isn't like God's mean and he's, he's just trying to like put us down. He, he just lovingly wants to remind us once again how desperate we really are for the Lord in our lives. Verse 3. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left while 10,000 remained. Can you imagine being on the brink of war and the commanding officer's like, all right, I want two-thirds of y'all to go home. As a leader, I can tell you immense fear. I was at my son's baseball game this, uh, a few weeks ago, and I was talking with another parent on the, on the side of the field, and we were just talking about baseball. And you know you're talking like dad's got to be dad's on the side. You know, you got to talk about what you did in high school. Did you play ball? Did you play ball? And I, 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 I did play ball. I played ball through middle school, and then I was so afraid of getting hit by a pitch that I quit playing baseball. And I did not want a 100-mile-an-hour ball coming flying at my body, and so I was like, I'm going to play soccer. And then they put me in the goal. And 100-mile-an-hour balls are still coming at my head. But that's all right. It's a bigger ball. It didn't hurt as much. And the dad that I was talking to said, that's so funny because I was the pitcher who stopped playing baseball because I kept hitting kids. And I didn't want to hit kids anymore. And I was like, you probably hit me, man. Fear, right? Fear. Some of us are paralyzed right now by fear, like Gideon must have felt in that moment. As a leader, I just cannot fathom 22,000 people, right? Two-thirds of your people walking away. Now, I got to tell you something. Man, you guys sent me for a loop last week, all right? It's not not everybody, but two weeks ago, I get up, great faith. We're going to see this thing built. God's going to move mightily, right? And so much good feedback. So many of you guys so encouraging, right? And then last week, like 50% of the church didn't show up for church, <laughs> I was like, uh-oh, and I kind of felt like giddy, and I said to uh, the staff this past week, I was like, it's kind of ironic that Gideon saw like it. Now, a bunch of you came back today, praise the Lord. I think the, 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 the floods last week, our guest speaker last week said, I looked out the hotel window this morning at 7.30, and I almost wasn't coming, you know? Like, it was nuts last week, so I get it. But man, what a prank you all played on me, right? Like, somebody organized, okay, we're not going today, no. But that was just like a little bit of test in my heart, like, Doug, if they don't come back. This was a very real reality that I lived in this week. If they don't come back, will you still trust me? If it's half the church, will you still trust me? And you know how the enemy plays, right? I mean, I, I, I was talking with some of my pastor friends, and I'm like, wow, we announced the campaign. Literally half the church didn't show up the next Sunday. And I know, I've been around long enough to know, fluky stuff happens, the rains came down, all that. But man, in the middle of the night, the enemy can just whisper, yep. It's over, right? How many times is that what is whispered to us? What gap in your life is similar to Gideon's? It just feels like two-thirds of the resources didn't come through. Listen, don't feel bad if you didn't come to church last week, by the way. I see some people whispering like, why didn't we show up? This poor man. No, no. It happens. It happens. It's okay. It's okay. But what is it for you? We're like, literally, you were so close, man. Gideon is finally at the place of confidence that this is going to happen. And then two-thirds of his resources are pulled away. And then verse 4, but the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. 
Actually, Lord, <laughs> actually, take them down to the water, and I will thin them out for you there. It's the last thing you want to hear as a leader on a mission trying to accomplish a vision. I'll thin them out. If I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. Then the Lord told them, separate those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. 300 of them drank from cupped hands, lapping like dogs. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. And Gideon must be going, Lord, please tell me that the ones down on their knees are the ones that stay. The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that I lapped, that lap, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. I know Gideon's counting. He's got to be freaking out as he's going, what just happened? 97, 151, 200. That's a gap. That's a gap. Some of us have lived through gaps like that. Some of us have that gap right now. And pull one thing away from you another thing away. Sometimes it's just the market, right? Sometimes it's just the timing. It was the car accident. It was the medical bill. It was the operation. It was the dental stuff. And it just feels like it keeps getting pulled away. It's this child went through this. Now that child's going through that. And this child's going through this. It just feels so heavy. It feels like that gap that was already so big got so much bigger. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites home but kept the 300. God tells Gideon, if you're afraid, because I know you, Gideon, and you tend to be afraid, I want you to go down and I want you to hear what your enemies are saying. Verse 13, Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend his dream. I had a dream, he was saying. A round loaf of barley came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, this can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. That's what you want to hear your enemies saying, right? You know, and it's interesting, and the guy who owned the property before us was not our enemy. Anyway, in fact, I had a great conversation with him just about a month ago. But there was a time where there was a, a little bit of a tug of war, and we walked away from that property we, for months. We thought it was over. I remember actually coming in here on a Sunday. Not, 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 you know, we, we weren't really talking publicly about all this yet because it was so in process. And I remember coming to church that Sunday and just feeling heartbroken, like, it didn't happen, you know? And there were times we would just drive by there, Lord, if this is still you, if this is your heart, if this is what you're doing, if this is what you have for us, you know? And there were times then the realtors would call and say, hey, he called back, he's interested, and, and this is happening, and that's happening. And you begin to almost feel like, man, is, is our enemy, again, not that he was our enemy, but, but is our enemy almost whispering that they know that the Lord has handed this property into our hands. And God has just a way of emboldening us when we need to be emboldened, doesn't he? Verse 16, dividing the 300 men into three companies, he placed trumpets and empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside. Watch me, he told them. Follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. Okay, everybody, this is the plan, Gideon. We have 300 men. You're giving us empty jars, trumpets, and torches. No one has a weapon. 
What are we, uh, we're going to find like the high commanding officials and throw the jars at them, right? And, and hit, hit some people with a trumpet or two and then maybe light the tents on fire. And Gideon's going, nope, we're just going to scare them. 300 people against the Midianite army and all those that they gathered with them to come crush Israel. We're going to scare them. Sounds a little bit like Living Word Church right now. Five million dollar gap? What's the gap in your life? Wait, so you're telling me my marriage is falling apart. You're telling me my kid's far from God. You're telling me this is a struggle with drugs or alcohol. You're telling me this sexual compromise. You're telling me this financial thing we're going through. You're telling me, right, what is it for you? What's in your life? What is the gap? And my plan is to trust in the Lord, that he's with me, that he has me, and he has this. This is what Gideon faces. On Gideon's call, they smashed the jars and blew the trumpets. Verse 22, when the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their own swords. God clearly was going to do this thing or it wasn't going to happen. It reminds me of David and Goliath and Goliath mocking him and laughing at him. You send me out this little dog to fight me, right? Isn't it amazing what happens when we surrender our weapons, right? And those things that make sense to us logically in our day and age, in our gaps, and just say, Lord, this has to be you. This has to be you. I mean, again, not to keep bringing up my story, but that is what happened with me. It was at that point of death. It was at the point of surrender. It was at the point of I got nothing else. We got nothing else. No medication. No nothing else is going to do this, Lord. You have to do this, right? And how many times in our lives has God done this? The army fled. The Israelites pursued them and won a great victory. God took the guy who hid and threshed the wheat so no one could find him from the weakest clan, the least of that clan, to take an army of 300 up against an army of thousands upon thousands, and the Lord won the battle because our God can fill the gap. Amen? What's the gap in your life? Again, if you don't care about our building fund, oh man, I'd so much rather you leave in here today going, I care about the God who can fill the gap in my life. And look, we all know there are times the Lord's got a different will. Sometimes we're asking God to fill a gap he's never going to fill, right? Sometimes, isn't that true? Like, uh, you know, the example we'll often use here is, oh, God, let that, you know, in high school, God, let that girl like me, please, 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 right? And then a minute, like a month later, you go, God, thank you for not answering that prayer. Thank you that you didn't fill that gap, God. She's a mess, right? <laughs> and now we're thanking God he didn't fill the gap, right? So sometimes that's what happens, right? So this is not a name it, claim it church. We're not prosperity. You know, you just declare your, right? God's got a will. Thank God he's got a will. It's a lot better than my will. So I want to be synced up with that. But man, our God can fill the gap. And there are, listen, there are promises in the word of God that we do need to grab a hold of and stand on and say, God, I believe your word says you will fill this gap. And so come and move in power. So spiritually, relationally, financially, whatever you're going through, can you grab a hold of the God that fills the gap? Can you surrender? And again, we have a part, right? Gideon still had to bring the, the, the jar. It was empty. <laughs> it was empty. It was an empty jar, right? But he still had to bring the jar. He still had the torch. He still had the trumpet. He still had to do his part. But I just love how minimal his part really was at the end of the day. And so I'm not saying be irresponsible, stupid. Like, no, do 
your part, but I'm just telling you, if you have a God-sized gap, your part's gonna be very, 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 very small in a natural sense. And your and my job is to cling to the one that can fill the gap. And so what does that look like for you? And what does that look like for us? What are, what are, what are our jars and what are our, our flaming torches and what are our trumpets right now? I think it's the, the resources of our family, right? It's what we can bring. And it's the little that we can do and trust that God will fill the rest of the gap. But I want to tell you this, God is so incredibly faithful. And we're doing this Build Together campaign. We want to build the kingdom, the community. We want to build the building, but we think the building's just going to help us build the kingdom and help build the community, okay? And so we think that's so important. And I just want to remind you, if you can't do anything right now, just please be at peace about it. I've gotten about 0.1% negative feedback about this campaign. 99.9% of the feedback has been, God's got this, we're gonna get through this, he's gonna do his thing. I got about 0.1% bad feedback. And the only, well, I can't say the only thing, but one of the things that maybe is causing bad feedback is you feeling like, man, things are really tight and I can't do anything right now. And so therefore, I feel guilty about that and I feel bad about just this whole thing. And I just wanna say to you, please, as you think about a family isn't it true, especially parents in the room? We got a lot of young kids, you know, babies, infants, toddlers in the room right now. Isn't it true that you, your child, though they contribute zero financially to your family's, you know, paying bill, they're still a part of your family, aren't they? Right? Are you kidding me? Like it, my my daughter babysat last night. I'll never see an ounce of that money. Right? It'll just save me money. I don't have to spend on her makeup. That's the only way it'll help me. Right? Okay. But my daughter, I'm not saying that one at second service, by the way, but, but, but my daughter is still 100% a part of my family, right? My sons, right? And so you are 100% a part of this family if right now you can't give a penny. We love you. Thank you for being a part of this family. You're a huge, huge, beautiful part of Living Word Church. And for those who can give, praise God. How awesome, Right? And so we just did the Reach LI campaign. Now we're starting this Build Together campaign. There will be new people. There are already new people who have pledged to this. Some of you guys are saying, I gave to Reach LI. That's all I could do. God bless. Some of you guys are saying, I gave there, but I could give here. Praise God. Amazing. We're so thankful for that. And so I want to just walk through some practical things as I just close this out. And if you know my heart, you know that about it. The next few minutes are my least favorite thing to do in church, Okay. But let me just tell you, again, family sitting around the table, here are some of the needs. And and if you look up at the screen, and this is all live on the app as well, the kinds of gifts that we need to get where we're trying to get to build this thing out, to close this gap, is core commitments, 200 people saying, I'll give $3,000 over the next three years. Key commitments, I'm not going to go through them all, but 20 people saying 10,000 over three years, 20 people saying 15. Again, down to legacy commitments, three people saying, I'll give a million dollars over three years. I know that sounds crazy. That, I'm, I, I can't do that one, sadly, unless the Lord does something crazy. Um, all the way down to, to you know, one person giving 100,000, all that, right? So that's all there. That's the kind of stuff we need to get done what we need to get done. But we know the Lord is so big. And we know that the right person out there, the, 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 the Jeff Bezos of the world, right, could just change things in just a heartbeat. I was talking with my dad yesterday, and he was saying that at the church he worked at for so long, they were doing a bunch of renovations all the time there and doing some things at the church. And one day, a complete stranger from the community drove by and said, what's going on here? And said, oh, well, we're, we have to redo this whole parking lot. And they have a huge parking lot at the church that he worked at. 
And the guy said, I'll pay for it. Guy paid for the whole thing, never even stepped foot in the church, didn't even know Jesus, right? Guys, God is so big. Our part in this is, is minimal. Let's bring our jars, right? Let's bring our flaming torch and our trumpet, and let's do what God calls us to do. But God's going to fill this gap. So can I celebrate with you guys really quickly? 22 families in our church, our staff, our elders, and some leaders, already pledged because we want to go first. We think that's important, and we want to just get the ball rolling. 22 families and individuals from our church who already pledged, pledged $500,000 already. 22. You know how many individuals and families we have in this church? Just 22 of us got us to a half million dollars, literally on the nose. I'm not making that up. That's not pastor talking me round up, round down. Literally to the dollar as of this morning, we're at 500,000 already pledged. If you remember last time, we were only a few hundred thousand more pledged as a whole church a few years ago. And so much more was given. And so we know what God can do. So here's what I want you to do. If you feel comfortable with this right now, um, you can either, the, the thing that would be awesome is if you took your phone out and just open up the Living Word Church app and I can walk you through this form. Also, underneath your seat, there is a card that has the same information on it. Um, the self-service in this room is horrific, okay? So you may not be able to even open the app. But I'll just walk through it with you. And we're just asking you to, 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 again, bring the jar and bring the flaming torch and the trumpet that God may have put on your heart to bring. And if, again, you look at this and you're like, nope, this isn't us, then God bless you. And if you're like, oh, man, this is why I don't go to church because they talk about money, come back next week because we're going to go into the book of Acts and not talk about it for a long time again. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so excited about that. But here's what we would ask you to do. If you're opening the app, um, you can just open up on the bottom. There's a, a tab that says signups. And then you will see an option to choose new building, build together fund. And there's a whole thing there about why we're doing what we're doing and how this all works. But if you scroll down, you'll see name, total pledge amount. You'll see amount up front of giving anything up front. So if you're going to pledge $3,000, you are going to give 1000 up front. That's there. Just let us know. There's an option for how you'll be giving over three years. It could be weekly, monthly, yearly. It could be other. If you're like, oh, I'm just not feeling like putting any of that, that's fine. Email, phone, and then hit submit form. You can do the same stuff on the, the card that's in your hand. And we're just trusting that God's going to do his thing. We're going to bring our part and do our part as a church family, but God is the God who's going to fill this big gap. Let me just answer some questions that I've gotten. How do we give? Uh, weekly, monthly, yearly, whatever you choose, right? Even if it's, there's that other option. Okay, on the bottom, if it's like, oh, I don't quite know, maybe end of year, maybe, uh, I don't know. Okay, that other option is there. Um, you can give through check, if, especially if you're giving something up front. You can give online. Uh, you can set up recurring donations. It's really, really easy. Another question, can you give an amount that's not on the form? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. If you're like, I can give $500 over the next three years. Great. If you're like, I can give $5 million. Cool, let's do that today. Okay, great. Um, um, <laughs> What if I can't follow through? What if I make a pledge and I can't follow through? I'll just say it's, it's, it's 100% grace, guys. No one's going to be banging on anybody's door. Again, most of you know my heart. You know me. I'm the least pressure financial person I think you'll ever meet in the world, which I praise God for because I just don't want to give the Lord a bad name or the church a bad name. I want to honor him with that. And so I really don't love talking about this stuff just because I so want it to not be about this. But um, there's grace, you know, there are people in Reach Ally who pledged and then didn't give a penny and we never called them and said, hey, where's the, right? And so, grace. Uh, how does Reach Ally payment stop and a build together one start? Okay, so some of you guys have had a recurring donation going online toward Reach Ally. And so here's what we would ask you to do. Um, if you make a pledge today, 
either through the card or the app. It doesn't start anything, okay? It does, it's not going to like tap into your bank account and start deducting, okay? That's something you have to set up on the, on the online giving, okay? So if you choose to give online, then you would go into your account. Many of you guys already have an account there. Just stop your recurring donation toward ReachLI and start whatever you'd like to give toward the new building build together fund. There's a drop-down menu if you go to the giving site. You can go to the giving site through our app or through our website. And um, that's, that's really that, right? Like, again, I just wanted this to be a very minimal part. And so I just asked today, if you do fill out a card, you can drop it out in the black box there or even this one here. It doesn't matter. There's two black boxes. You can do the one here or the one there, and we'll know where it's going because it's designated for a new building. And again, if you're here today going, hey, man, it's about the gap in my life. It's not about the gap at the church here. God bless you. We love you. Please see my heart. Please know my heart. And I would so, I, I'm, I'm rooting for God to come through the gaps in our personal lives in such a huge way. But just thank you for being a part of the family. We're, there are people in the room here today who have given and will give incredible amounts. And I just cannot thank you enough. And there are people here today going, man, I lost my job. I just came out of a medical thing or things are just so crazy tight with the economy right now. I can't give. We love you. You are like my daughter and 100% a part of this amazing family. And I'm so grateful for you. But we believe God's going to show up. Build the building, yes, but build the kingdom. Build the community. Reach the lost. See families strengthened. See young people know who they are in Jesus, who God says they are, why they're here, what purpose they're here for. Raise up the next generation. See all these little babies that are running around, walking around, being held in here today, growing up here, knowing Jesus, sitting in our Sunday school classes, learning about who Jesus says they are and what he says is good. And so we believe God's given us a great mission and we're just so excited. If you're not a follower of Jesus, have you seen today that we believe in a God who's really big, a God who fills great gaps? This God died for you. He got on a cross and he gave his life and he rose back from the dead that you would know him. He loves you. I encourage you to put your trust in Jesus today. Whether you give a ton or you give none, you are loved by God, you're loved by me, you're loved by our church family. And we're excited about what's ahead. But our God can fill the gap. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much that you are a faithful, big, awesome, wonderful God. And I thank you, Jesus, that the day is going to come we're on that property. Lord, there's zero doubt in my mind that you are going to fill the gap, Lord. And we just get to see how you do it. But I thank you, Lord, that you have all of our gaps in mind, all the stuff in all of our lives. Maybe it's that child that's just far from God today. Maybe it's that struggle. It's that sexual compromise, tearing down that altar. God, it seems so hard. Maybe for us, it's just a fear. Like Gideon, it feels like all of our resources just went away in one moment. And God, we just bring to you those gaps right now. Would you bring God the gap or the gaps in your life? He can handle more than one, by the way. He can handle it if you've got 10 gaps in your life, 20 gaps. Just bring them to him, name them to him, and say, God, like Gideon, I'll bring my little jar and my fire and my trumpet, but God, you're the one who's going to win this victory. Thank you, God. Thank you that the Lord is with us us mighty warriors here. And I know we don't feel like mighty warriors today, many of us. But that's who God turns us into, that the spirit of the Lord is on us. And so we don't face sexual compromise alone. We don't face addiction alone. We don't face financial ruin alone. 
God, we come and say, Lord, it's you. It's going to be you. Fill the gap. If you're not a follower of Jesus here today, I'd love for you to put your trust in him. The biggest gap that's ever existed is the gap between us and God, and, and God filled that by sending Jesus to rescue us from our sin. He wants to have a relationship with you. So I encourage you to put your trust in him today. Right now, would you pray with me and just say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Show me how real you are. Thank you, God, that no matter what I bring to the family table today, I'm loved and wanted and desired. And I thank you for the great gift of salvation that you've given me. In your name, amen.